Hang on. You're in for a ride. Fresh start. I want, I want you to be truthful now. And, and this, this, we're going to be participating here. That means that we do things together, Joseph. Show of hands. Who has made a new, who made a New Year's resolution last year? Show of hands. A New Year's resolution last year. If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. I know it and God's going to get you. Anybody make a New Year's re- uh, resolution? Man, Lord, sick him, sick him, sick him, sick him. Anybody over here make a New Year's resolution? Well, you don't keep them anyway, so what's the purpose? Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I, uh, I resolved to do some things, and one of them was the, you know, losing the weight. But uh, people have this fit of optimism, and they make great promises to themselves that they're going to you know, give up things, start doing things, you know, hit the gym, um, be uh, more generous, all, you know, all, all kinds of things, give up water skiing in January, the, you know, the real practical stuff. But, but let's be honest, you know, I know you, you have friends that you know that make these crazy resolutions, and uh, nobody keeps them. In fact, I probably would not keep mine if it weren't for surgery. Well, I'm going to give you a guarantee. I am giving you a guarantee. In fact, if this doesn't work, I'll give you your money back, all right? If you follow these four things in 2019, you will have one of the most significant uh, years of your life ever. I don't care if you're 8 years old or 80 years old. You do these four things, and your life is going to change significantly. So these four commitments, the first thing I want you to do is forget, uh, uh, commit to forget past failures. Every single one of us has made decisions that have caused us personal pain, have caused our family personal pain, We've done incredibly stupid stuff. And the older you get, you, you, you continue to have this propensity to do stupid stuff. All, all, do I have an amen over here? Yeah. Uh, uh, you look in the dictionary and you'll see Keith and I's picture of uh, when you look for stupid stuff doers. <laughs> we, we're the, but we have fun doing the stupid stuff, don't we? You know, hey, here, what, hold my Coke, watch this. Boom, something blows up. Uh, well, Paul says in Philippians 3, 3, 13 through 14, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Forget the past. Forget those failures. Forget that stupid stuff that you did, and maybe it's causing you some continued pain and, and continued uh, punishment for those decisions. Forget those things. Looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. It's such a singularly focused people who, who it is singularly focused people who succeed in the pursuit of life. A- athletics. My chiropractor is 65. He is 65. We're the same age. 65 years old, and he uh, is the 
record holder for the uh, sunflower uh, uh, low hurdles in the state of Kansas. It's Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, and Missouri. Doc is, is probably 6'8", and, and three-quarters of it is leg. And, and he is, he is a, he's a hurdler, but he's an old man. But his focus is not on the people behind him or beside him or on his feet. It's the first hurdle. He says, I got the first hurdle and I'm in front of everybody else. I'm going to win the race. And we need to do exactly what Paul says. We press on to reach that, that prize. And the prize is eternal life. We live in such a way that, that it isn't just that we, re- we receive Christ as our Savior. That's important, right? It's important that we know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when we die we're going to go to heaven. But there's the, the stuff that goes along with that. The rewards God is going to give us as we do the things that He tells us to do. As He calls us to serve Him, we continue to be the light in, in salt and light of the world in, in the ministry that he's called each of us and he has called each of us if we've named the name of Christ as Savior to a ministry I don't know what yours is I know what mine is but despite all the energy people will expend many people just kind of dabble in a lot of stuff but they don't succeed doing anything because they're dabblers don't be a dabbler forget about that junk in the past don't dabble out here. You run that race with that eye to, to, to the prize. You're going to win it. You're in it to win it. I have somebody said that, and it's, it's, uh, it was a game that we, we play here in Oana. People who expend all this energy and don't do anything, they accomplish little, and their lives are full of, of, of sound and a lot of, you know, a lot of noise, they, a lot of activity, and it signifies diddly squat. Nothing happens. Just, just a lot of action, but no movement. Because they are not singularly focused on keeping their eye on that finish line, the prize, the calling of Jesus Christ that he's given to each of us. So if you, if you want to have a, a tremendous 2019, you need to commit to forget these past failures. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you've had a, a relationship breakup. I don't care if you had a job failure. I don't care if you were in jail, out of jail, struggling with addiction. I don't care if you've had financial reverses. It makes no difference. I don't care if you're disappointed in your church. The people in the church are disappointed in me. Those things can hinder you from accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. Forget it. Stop dwelling in, in you know, Michael Jackson had a, had a place where he lived, it was called Never Never Land. You know, Never Never Land, that, there's, that's true. Never Never Land means you never never accomplish anything. Get out of Never Never Land. You ain't going to have any giraffes, you're not going to have a Ferris wheel, and you certainly aren't going to be messing where he was messing. But Never Never Land is the place where people who focus on their failures live. Stop thinking about it. Paul says, the, the psalmist says that, that if you have, uh, what James, James says that, that 
uh, people who live like this are double-minded and they're unstable in all their ways. And, and David says, unite my heart to fear your name, Lord. And when believers have one mind, driving compulsion to be like Christ, they're going to move towards spiritual perfection. We are going to be heading toward that finish line. And, and such concentration possesses both a negative and positive aspect. Negatively, Paul maintained his focus by forgetting about what was chasing him. You know, the memory of those past failures. A memory of those, of those broken dreams. A runner who looks back risks being passed. And nor does a runner's performance in past races guarantee that he's going to be successful in this one. If he focuses on the failure, you're going to fail. Perfectionists and legalists. These guys look to their past achievements to validate their supposed spiritual status. It's great that I did things that pleased Jesus last year and 10 years and 20 years ago. But every new day, Jesus taps me on the shoulder and says, John, what are you going to do for me today? And by the way, son, what have you done for me lately? And I think that that's an important conversation that you have with the Lord because he's not interested in what the past was. You know, we rest on our laurels. He wants to know what are we doing about kingdom building this very moment. Yeah, but PJ, I'm too young. That's a lie. You're not. I'm too old. That's a lie. You're not. I'm too busy. Well, that's the truth. You're too busy to serve God. And when you're too busy to serve God, you're too busy. <laughs> and you're going to wind up uh, getting turned around and going the wrong way, chasing the starting line instead of going toward the finish line. Paul made a break with everything in his past that was both good and bad. He, you know, he, was, he had religious, ach- <coughs> pardon me, religious achievements. He had, uh, he, he had virtuous deeds that he, that he did. Uh, he had great successes in ministry as well as he had some sins that he was involved in. He missed some opportunities. And the disasters in his life, you know, the shipwrecks, he was beaten, he was left for dead, stoned. He says, I've got to leave all that behind me. It's, is it hot in here? Are you guys hot? Uh, can we crank up a fan, Bart? Or somebody uh, over, over here? Did they need one downstairs? Well, uh, uh, Denise is burned up too. Okay. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll move ahead. Um, we can't live on past victories and, and we shouldn't be debilitated by guilt of past sin. Don't, if God forgave you, which he did, don't allow those things to hamstring you. Now, you may have some, there may be some things in your life that, have, uh, that are causing you, uh, you've got you to deal with the, the, 
the circumstances that you put yourself into, but at the same time, deal with it and move forward. Break with your past. Second thing, you want to be successful in 2019? Commit to give up any grudges you're holding. Anybody in here, are you going to be honest with me? Are you going to, are you going to tell fibs like nobody does resolutions? Anybody in here a grudge holder? Thank you, sister. Thank you. I see that hand. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grudge holders. Grudge holders. My father was a grudge holder. He went to the grave holding grudges of people that, that he hadn't seen in 50 years. Miserable man. And this is tough, especially when you've been hurt by a loved one. Especially when money is involved. Oh, people take from you and it's family, and they, they, they beat you out of something, or they take something, they, they, they take something that was promised uh, to you by great-grandma, you know, the, the grandfather clock, and... Uh, your, your sister Sally took it while you were out of town and needed money and she sold it. And that was the most important thing, remembrance to you as a kid. And so you hold a grudge. What had happened if there was a fire and that thing got burned up? It's just a thing. We're, we're, we're talking about that this week. It's just, just things. Things don't matter. Take the stuff. Yeah, it's fun to collect. It's fun to enjoy. It's fun to have things as God gives them to us. But if it, if it detracts from, from our commitment to Christ, and if by having them we're worried about somebody beating us out of it and then holding a grudge, that's sin. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowances for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who, forg- who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know, Bill, you offended me, but I forgive you. Well, did I really have to know that if you've already forgiven me? What's the purpose? Do you feel better now? If the Lord forgave you, we have to forgive others. Because God doesn't remind us of, of those things. Aren't you glad that he doesn't hold a grudge? Did you catch the challenge here? That that God in these words is challenging us directly and personally to give up the grudges, to, to endure, to hold out uh, is, uh, in, in spite of persecution or threats or injury or indifference or complaints and not retaliate. And we can retaliate with words. It characterized Paul. But it did not characterize the Corinthians who were exactly taking each other to court. You know, they were, they were suing brothers and sisters. And Paul says, why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be defrauded? 1 Corinthians 6, 7. Believers are to exhibit forbearance, and believers are to be marked not only by endurance, but also by forgiving each other. Guys, men, 
we're going to say harsh things to our wife. And I say this regularly. Don't be so proud when she says, man, that hurt or that stung or why do you have to speak to me so hatefully? Don't be so proud that you've got to start defending yourself. And I, I, I'm guilty of that. Confess it. Now, ladies, don't test it out today and start pushing our buttons to see if you really, really mean it. Believers are to exhibit this and we're to forgive one another. The word forgiveness in, in this particular passage literally means to be gracious. It also means forgiving one another or forgiving, forgiving I'm sorry, forgiving yourselves. So we need to forgive ourselves and we also need to be forgiving one another. And the church as a whole is to be gracious and mutually forgiving in the, within the fellowship. Churches split over the stupidest things because somebody gets their shorts in a knot and gets upset over, over something that, that it's, it's trivial. And rather than sitting down and saying, hey, can we, can we at least agree to disagree? Or maybe we're both saying the same thing in a different way. And rather than sitting down and talking about it, you get all upset. Well, that sorry rascal, I'm not going to fellowship with them. And they head over to the first church of the malcontents. And that's right down the street and somewhere. But, but uh, they, they leave the church. And they'll start sowing seeds of discontent. And pretty soon they lead a whole bunch of people out of the church. Ah, that's... that's that's not pleasing to God at all. That's grudge holding. The Lord Jesus is our pattern for forgiveness because He forgave all our sins, all of our errors, and all of our debts. We are debtors, aren't we? I am a debtor. I can't, I can't repay that debt. If I lived a thousand lifetimes, I cannot begin to repay that debt. But He doesn't want me to. He says, out of grace, I paid that debt. Out of love for you, I've paid that sin debt. He also is the model for the rest of the virtues that are discussed if you look in, in that section of Scripture. Well, the third thing, commit to restore broken relationships. Ouch. Look at the instruction Paul gives us in Romans 18, 12, 18. He says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Even Crazy Uncle Frank? Especially Crazy Uncle Frank. You don't know Crazy Uncle Frank. Yeah, I do. Everybody has a Crazy Uncle Frank. Or Crazy Aunt Nell. Or Crazy Country or uh, Cousin Clem. Everybody has a, a relative that gets under our skin. We're, we're around them 15 minutes. And we want to strangle them. And yet, Paul says, as much as possible, do, well, no, he says, do all that you can, not as much as possible is kind of a, uh, not a very strong translation. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, even the people who are disagreeable. 
Because it may be that you're the one that's disagreeable. It may be that the problem isn't them, the problem is you or me. Fulfillment of this, this is conditional in that it partly depends on the attitudes and the responses of our perceived enemies. If possible, Paul says, so far as it depends on you, be at peace. And whether between nations or individuals, peace is a two-way street. It's not a single deal. Our responsibility is to make sure that our side of the relationship is right, that our inner desire is genuine, to be at peace, even the meanest, most undeserving, sorry rascal that we come in contact with. We have a responsibility to live in peace with them. Short of compromising God's truth and standards, we should be willing to go to great lengths to build peaceful bridges to those who hate us and harm us. We have to forsake any grudge or settled bitterness and fully forgive from the heart all who are going to harm us. And having done that, we can seek reconciliation honestly. Let me tell you, I haven't been the best husband. I haven't been the best dad. I haven't been the best son. I haven't been the best father. I haven't been the best grandpa. Now, I am an outstanding great grandpa. <laughs> but I am who I am. You want to see my warts and my wrinkles? You don't have to scratch too deep to see any dirt in my life. I'll t- you ask me and I'll tell you. You know, I'm a cruddy Christian saved by grace, amen? amen. And don't look so pious because some of you can be pretty cruddy yourselves. I'm getting back here with the cruddy part of town. You know, we do. We, we, we come to this. Th- 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 I'm doing this to give you guys some exercise because you're falling asleep on me. <laughs> so so we, we come to this, this place in our life where we think we're so daggone... Not you, dear. I'm just loving on you. We come to this, this place where we, we get so daggone pious that we think that we're better and, and there isn't any problems with us. But I'm here to tell you the preacher stands chief among you as being the credit Christian. But God loves me so much that's right. now you don't know what I'm going to say and you're saying he loves you so much and he loves you too I know that's right it takes a lot but he does yeah. I, I, I'm a solo act Tim okay I, 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 don't, I don't need any help in spite of what Jeremy says but, but you know we, we come to this, this, this place and each and every one of us isn't this squeaky clean uh, great person. And there's people that love me. There's people that tolerate me. And there's people that don't like me. I'm good with that. I am who I am. And you take me for exactly that. And each and every one of us needs to have that same idea. We are who we are. God has given us these incredible experiences to share and help others grow and help others focus, help others to, to be complete in their, in their faith. And so we should rejoice in that. But we need to forsake any bitterness and fully forgive from the heart 
anybody that we perceive has harmed us. And we're going to have a great 2019. The last thing is, commit to letting go of sin. Commit to letting go of sin. Now that takes courage. Paul says again, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. You remember the the song? I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the wandering crowd. Whee! Uh, that what, what is it? I was thinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, well wandering crowd. It's, it's, this is. Do you want to sit with Tim? <laughs> yeah. So you, you, sin is fun. Anybody in here agree or disagree with me that sin's fun? Who thinks that sin is not fun? You don't think sin's fun? No, no, no. Let me show you some fun sin, girl. I'll show you some fun sin. Well, I won't show you. I'll tell you about it. But, <laughs> I crack myself up sometimes. But, you know, it is. We, 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 we hold on to this stuff. You know, this, this, this room, this, this house that we've constructed... And we have these rooms that we're so proud of. And we invite Jesus to come into our house. And he comes into our foyer. Did I say that right? Our foyer. The front front room. The hall. And we have it all decorated. And you can see the fireplace. And it's nice. And Jesus says, boy, that sure is pretty. I like that. Well, come on into the dining room, Lord. We got some table set and... Sit down and, you know, have a bagel and some gavilda fish, whatever you eat. And we talk and have fellowship, and he looks at the kitchen. He goes into the family room. We have music playing. And uh, he says, boy, this is nice. And he walks back to the back room and says, Lord, I got some trunks in here, you you want to get in the spa? He wouldn't sink. He'd just walk on top of it. <laughs> spa, water. Good. Okay. So, so he says, no, I'll pass on that. And he's going down the hall and he sees this room and it's got, this door's got locks on it. It's all locked up and shut up. It's got chains on it. There's no doorknob on it. Bolted. Security keypad. And he says, what's in there? Oh, Lord, I, I, you, know, you, you don't want to go in there. That's, that, you know, that's, we keep our junk in there. God has x-ray vision, you know. He can see. Hey, if he, if he can walk through walls, he can see through doors. And so he sees what's in that room. And that's our private little stash of sin. Oh, we keep it neatly organized. And it's in boxes and it's in shelves and it's, it's all packaged up nicely. And when we feel the need, we go into that room and we pull out the sin that we want to engage. And Jesus says, i got to leave. you got a nice house, son, but it's dirty. you got to get rid of this. I died for this. 
In fact, you need to let go of this sin. And you start saying, but Lord. And he says, no. There's no but Lord because you can't call me Lord. And still practice this sin. You know, in there, there's... Well, we're, we're not gossiping. We're sharing information. Well, I really am not holding a grudge because you know what she did to me. She stole the insurance money. Sold the grandfather clock. Well, it's not really sin because I'm not going to forgive her until she forgives me. Look what they did to the church. And Jesus says, you're a slave. You're a slave to your sin, and you protect it. So, 2019 is where we get rid of the closet of sin, and we hang up the the winter clothes in there, and all the all the stuff that we've been, we've been needing room for other things in the house, the overflow of grace, the overflow of joy, or as we say in the Philippines, wiki wiki. <laughs> I needed to see that laugh out of you, honey. <laughs> as we, we have this, this overabundance of happiness and and the goodness, we have this over, overabundance. I mean, we have crates full of, of mercy. And we're going to start sticking that and we're going to take the door off the hinges. So anybody that comes into our house can go in and get a dose of grace, mercy, happiness, forgiveness, love, peace, joy, understanding. We keep the guitar picks in there too, by the way. Yeah, okay. Just help yourself, Matt. Do you want 2019 to be a year like no other year? Forgive yourself and forget the past. Forgive those who hurt you and forgive whatever grievances you have against them. Ask, ask for forgiveness from those who have hurt you and as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. Ask for God's forgiveness. And my friends, my dear, sweet friends, don't be a slave to sin. Let's pray. God, uh, you're awesome. And, you know, you invented this thing called the calendar just for us. And... And just like sort of back in the Old Testament where once a year the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and, and, and make amends for the sins of the nation. It's like he would put his hand on that scapegoat and put the sins of the nation on the head of that scapegoat and send him into the wilderness. Father God, you, you, that so they could start this new year, you've given us Jesus Christ, who has become that, 
that total, complete sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins because you love us. Lord, thank you for the January 1sts. Thank you for the new starts. Thank you, Lord, for being the God of the second and third and fourth and, and ad infinitum chance out of love, out of goodness, out of grace and mercy. Lord, I don't want to be a slave to sin any longer, and I know my brothers and sisters don't either, but that I would pray that if there's a struggle here, may we each have the courage to, to empty that room and to say to God, say to you, I'm no longer going to serve this. I want to serve you only. But you know, there may be one here today that can't say that because they're not part of the family. You're not part of the family of God. You're not a child of God. You have never come to that place where you've asked Christ to be your personal Savior. Oh, you've been to church. You've been baptized. You've joined the church. You've done all these good things. Save, ask Christ to be your Savior. And again, I don't care if you're eight or 80. Everyone who names the name of the Lord Jesus, regardless of where they are in their life, will be saved. When you die, you'll go to heaven. Die without Christ, and you'll spend eternity in hell. Father God, I pray that if there is one here today that does not know you as Savior, may this be the day. Blessed Holy Spirit, you speak to that one, and you give them that, that, that understanding of who you are. Lord, they could pray a real simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And in the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my life and save me from this sin. I don't want to be a slave to that sin. I want to serve you. So Lord, save me from that sin. I believe that when you died on the cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen.